Welcome to the Kingdom Minded Coach Podcast, a podcast all about purpose, vision, and mission in life and business. The goal? To help you discover purpose, launch your vision, and impact the world through your unique kingdom-driven purpose. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Kingdom Minded Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Rivera, and today I'm bringing you episode 20 entitled, Has the Church Lost Its Way? Oh, controversial.com. Has the church lost its way? That's something that my wife and I have been talking about over the last couple of weeks, and we had a deep conversation just a couple of uh, couple of days ago, and you were just, just chatting about the different experiences that we've had over the last couple of years, my experiences over being a Christian for the last 15, 20 years, and just our own personal experience as believers um, being the church and then actually going to the four-corner wall local church. And we had to ask ourselves, has the church lost its way? And I, I, I have to tell myself, I think so. I think the church has lost its way for many reasons. And we're going to talk about five areas where I think we as believers need to help the local church. But at the same time, the local church, just as we do as believers, needs to grow and adjust and figure out where they lost their way and take some, you know, constructive, objective look into what they've been doing and figure out ways where they can adjust and sort of emulate uh, what the early church was, what the purpose was, and figure out where we've lost our way. Because as human beings, I just want to throw this out there, we are we, we are sinners. We will mess up, jack things up, and not get things right more times than not. And what does the local church need to run? It needs us as people to be there. So if you've ever been hurt by the local church, if you've ever been that person that got upset and left because of the hip critical ways of some leadership or church members. Hey, give it another shot. We are not perfect. You are not perfect. Unbelievers are not perfect, but we all have our opinions on how things should run, which is a good thing to a certain degree, but it's also a bad thing because most opinions are fueled by feelings and feelings change all the time, which is why feelings should not be the number one standard that we use to judge and or help certain things become better. We have to go to something that has been time tested, something that is filled and packed with truth and power and something that never changes. And that is the word of God. The word of God fully instructs us on what to do. However, we have the flesh that goes against the spirit and sometimes can cause a division between what we should do and what we are doing and that can cause that that battle that 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 Paul talks about you know between wanting to do what I know I should do but then I end up doing what I don't want to do and it just creates this crazy dilemma and I think that's where we're at right now especially in the 21st century with so many things changing identities changing uh, people wanting to have their feelings and their emotions validated depending on how they woke up today everybody wants to be affirmed everybody wants to be right everybody wants to be glorified and at the end of the day God is left in the background looking at everybody saying wow this is what it's come to because nobody acknowledges me my word 
nor wants to submit to my ways, you are now experiencing your ways, your little gods. You're being worshipped. And therefore, when that happens, culture, societies, churches, beliefs, our homes are now being broken down and systematically dismantled and, and, and being led by propaganda and media and politics and emotions and feelings and cultural biases. It's just really, really crazy, but we can get it back. And this is how we do it, guys. This is this is what I think we need to get back to. And this is five things that I want you to think about. Five things that we have to get into our spirit, into our mind, and we have to transform. And then once we do this as believers, because number one, get this, we are the church as believers. We are the church a building that we go to, a geographical location is just a building. We have to enter that building for it to be alive. We have to enter that facility for it to be the church. So the church in and of itself is just an adamant object when it comes to a building. It becomes alive once we open the doors, and step inside. So the first thing we have to do is we have to see ourselves as the church first. And there's five tenets that I want to really just, I hope you take this and I hope you go and study. So, And, and when you do this, it's going to make you a more effective believer, a more effective wife, a husband, a father, a mother, a brother, a sister in Christ to other people that are around you because we should not just be relying on the local church on the four corner wall church to instruct teach us guide us give us what we need there is a huge responsibility as a believer to grow and to go into the world and do what god has called us to do and the local church should be an auxiliary it should be a place that we go to to help exhort to help minister to to help fulfill god's call into the world it should be a place that we go to like a nascar driver drives around around their track. I don't know how many times, but they come into the pit stop. And when they come into the pit stop, they come in to get what they need to go about doing what they're doing in the race. They don't stop there and pity party and and drag other people down. They don't stop in the pit and get out of their car and complain and moan about how hard the race is, about how somebody else's engine in the other car seems to be more robust, how somebody else's tires are better than mine, how somebody else's team that changes out tires and fills gas tanks is faster than ours. No, they stay in the car, they got their team, they get switched up, they get tuned up, and then they go back out into the race. And that's what the local church should be. It should be a place that we go to, fellowship, we help, we exhort, we inspire, we motivate, we pray with, we stand with, and then we leave and we go out into the world doing what God called you and I to do as the church to glorify God using our gifts, our purpose, and our talents that he predestined before we were even a thought in our mother's mind. He created and knitted you in your mother's womb, and he already put a purpose inside of you to fulfill.
We have to now take these five things that I'm going to tell you, take it seriously, become a student, fervently seek after the kingdom and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. And when you're able to do this, then you are going to be a more effective believer out in the world. And as you go and gather with other believers, you're no longer going to be a taker, but you're going to be a giver. You're going to want to give more and do more and support the local church so that we can all go out and do what you've called us to do. But we got it backwards now. Churches nowadays are all about memberships and about programs and events and be a part of us and what we do and how we do it and come here and go. And it's just never about the mission. And I want to let you know today that it's lost its way a little bit, and that's okay. So what are the five things that we can do right now to make us become more effective believers and better church goers, church planters, and church representatives to glorify God? Number one, we have to be taught. The number one thing is teaching, and this comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Number one, guys, we have to be taught. We have to learn. We have to be students. Why? Because we have to be equipped for the work of service that God has given to us for the building up of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is all members, everybody worldwide. Every single believer should be equipped for the work of service that God has for you and for the building up of the body of Christ. So you are going to be able to uplift me and I am able to uplift you. And because of that, we are now equipping each other for the building up of the body of Christ to go and do what he's called us to do. So we have to put ourselves in a place where we are learning, where we are being taught. The church should be doing this. The church, we go there, it should be teaching us and showing us and giving us the biblical fundamental tenets of what it means to become a Christian, what it means to go into the world and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, how to become effective disciples. That's what we should be learning at our local church. And then from there, it goes into our home where we can now teach our husbands, our wives, our children. And our home is now going to be another place of ministry where we can train a child in the way he should go. And even when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. We have to teach the Christian life, not just in the four-corner walls of the church, but also in the home. And last but not least, when it comes to teaching, we have to be able to do it one-on-one. -on -one. Get with friends. Get with accountability partners. Be able to sit with a non-believer and lead them into the presence of God. Lead them into the prayer of salvation. Bring people to Christ so that when we are out doing what we're doing, we are actually being effective in the world, bringing people to Jesus, therefore now saying, 
hey, why don't you come and fellowship with me? I got a bunch of other people just like us that are on fire and living life on purpose where you are going to be exhorted, you are going to be inspired, and you are going to be motivated to be more and do more than you've ever done. Come join me on Sunday, Wednesday, whatever day that you have church. Come and see what we're doing so that you can be positively impacted to do what God's called you to do. Number two, we have to we have to learn how to preach and we also have to get preaching to us, right? What does preaching do? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 2, it says here, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing of his kingdom, preach the word. We got to preach the word, guys. Be ready in season and out of season. That means never get caught. Excuse this, with your pants down. We got to be ready to go to war. Never get caught off guard. Be like the meerkat. There's always one on the lookout. They are always ready for something to pop off. We got to be ready in season and out of season. But most importantly, the preaching, why we need to preach, it's to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction. This is huge. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Why did he say that? Well, because reproving can be difficult, right? That's like basically calling out false doctrine. That's calling out wrong teaching. And when you call out wrong teaching, especially the teaching that has been tickling the ears of other believers where they accumulate for themselves teachers that fall in line with their own desires and they turn away their ears from the truth of the word and they start leaning towards myths, you're going to get some kickback, especially from believers, because there are a lot of four-corner churches out there, four-wall churches, local churches that are teaching false doctrine, that are teaching things that are not truth. So when you reprove, you will get backlash. You will get people that are going to look at you and say, hmm, so you got to come at it with patience. You have to be patient in your instruction. The second thing is you're going to rebuke stuff, right? You're going to have to rebuke. You're going to get rebuked. You have to put yourself in a place of accountability because we are not perfect and we have to be okay with being told, hey, that may not be what you should be doing because we're supposed to be doing this on mission and your actions, your words, your deeds are not in alignment with this. Let's get back in alignment and you should be, ah, you know what? Okay. Sounds good. So those two, the first two are sort of more like, you know, let me slap you on your wrist, get taught, learn, may have to rebuke you, may have to make some adjustments. But then the last one is more of an uplifting, right? Because to exhort somebody, you want to be able to give somebody uh, a, 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 a word that is going to help them do what they've been called to do. So Think of exhort as an encouragement, as inspiration, right? Um, we want to make sure that when we are going out into the world that we are well-equipped, that we are um, inspired, we are motivated, but that we go out there with truth. The third thing that I want you to focus on is worship. That's another thing that we should be doing as the church. We should be worshiping every single chance that we 
gets, right? It's a reverence to God. It's to exalt him. It's to magnify him, to give him glory. It's a confusing thing that's around today. Um, and when you worship, so many different denominations and churches have this skewed way of worshiping and they have their ways of doing it, which to some is weird. Some it's not. Some people do it a different way. This is the point. However you do it, I'm not here to tell you that there's a wrong or right way. I am here to tell you that whatever you do, everything that you do, how you speak about yourself, how you think, how you take care of your body, how you operate with your wife and your husband, how you speak to your children, how you walk into this world, how you talk to your employees, how you talk to your coworkers, everything that you do, anytime that you open your eyes and you're thinking and you're breathing and you're walking and you're operating with the blessings of God on your life, that is worship. Everything that we do is worship, right? But specifically, worship can also come in music form, right? So you can worship him in music. You can worship him in prayer and you can worship him in your actions by what you do outwardly with your life so you know go back and study this get some scriptures together that talk about music that talk about the things that you do on a daily basis your or you know your your, your activities and then your prayer life what does your prayer life look like do you get on your knees you know sometimes you got to do that physiologically it's a it's a sign it's a gesture it's a it's a posture of worship of submission I'm, I, I tell most of my clients and people that I speak to that yeah man if you want an awesome breakthrough put your body into submission put your body onto the knees bow your head sometimes in your secret closet and just pray 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 put on worship music and thank God for everything that you have and meditate the other thing that I want you to also think about is uh, is fellowship and and we see a good example of biblical fellowship in Acts chapter 2 verse 44 to 46 and it tells us to worship um, with one purse, with one mind, and with one purpose. What does that basically mean? Well, if you look in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 44 and 45, it says, And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. The first church had one bank account for everyone. Each believer gave to one end the good of every other other believer. So fellowship, true fellowship occurs when believers are looking out for one another. When the church begins to function as a family, it's engaging in true fellowship. Families support each other socially, emotionally, financially, spiritually. That's what the early church did. Now, again, I read the Bible. When I read the Bible, I look at specific situations for specific times, for specific people, for God's specific purpose on their life. Now, am I saying that it has to be specifically like this one bank account and every... I'm not... The, the early church had to do things a certain way for a specific purpose because they were the first church. They were igniting the the, the way for, for Christianity. A lot of different things culturally were a little bit different back then so I'm not saying that you got to have everybody should have one bank account but as a fellowship when we come together imagine coming together and for a bible study and everybody just sitting there and saying hey what wh who's lacking here today who needs their water bill paid can we all gather together and do an offering to take care of somebody's groceries somebody's medical payment somebody's cell phone bill somebody's portion of their rent like does anybody need food on their table or 
clothes on their back? Does anybody hurting with finding school supplies for your son or daughter? Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about is they came together and they had one purse, meaning that they took care of each other. And as one had and another didn't, we shared without ever needing anything. And then when we dispersed, now when we disperse as believers after our fellowship, all of our needs are met. It's amazing. And then the other thing about fellowship is we got to do it with one mind, right? Worshiping under one mind and sincerity of heart where we're breaking bread together. That is beautiful. Fellowship cannot truly and authentically occur where there is disunity. The Apostle Paul talks about this so much to the Philippians. Um, I think in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, it says, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. The church is to be one teaching, preaching, worship of Jesus and Jesus Christ only. Not the name of your church, not the leader of your church, not the pastor of your church. It should be to lift up Jesus Christ and the church should function with one unified heart, one unified spirit, and one unified mind. And that is to uplift and to glorify God. And last but not least, it's with one purpose, praising God and having favor with all of its people. If the church gathered for the sake of gathering, it would be nothing more than a social club. Again, and that's what's happening in most churches. This gathering, everybody's coming because it's an obligatory reason to come. It's something to put off on, something to check off on our to-do list. We came, I left, and that's it. Most Christians don't even come with their Bibles anymore. Most Christians don't even write notes anymore we don't ask questions anymore we don't even come home and talk about what the pastor spoke about we don't review our notes we don't pray with our spouses we don't pray with our kids guys i was one of them i'm changing those things systematically but getting better every single day but we got to think about this right if we do not have something different than the other people that gather in their social clubs what makes the church different in order for the church to be distinct from any other random gathering of people it must have a unique function and that function is to praise and glorify god all the time this purpose cannot be confused with anything else they make their mistakes a lot of churches make their mistakes by becoming too politically involved socially involved and and it's not really about god anymore it's about it's about the name of the church it's about our conferences it's about our you know our bible studies our connect groups it's about our, our us and what we're doing and how we can just build more people and fill more seats and get more tithes and offerings and how we can pay these bills and how we can take care of our staffs it's hard but we can participate in outreaches and social gatherings as a church but if these things are not done to promote the exaltation of god then our purpose is divided and true biblical fellowship cannot occur god will not be there the last thing that I wanted to bring is evangelism. Guys, this is huge. I love this one. Evangelism. Matthew 28, 19. This is why the kingdom-minded coach was born. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Is to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are not just to take people to church. I don't know why we do this. Why is it that we take people to church to get saved? We take people to church, to the local church, to get baptized. How about we do that? We should do that. 
We should be going out there. We should be going to our local church to get filled taught, exhorted. We should be in ministry and fellowship. We should be praying with other believers, but then we should go out and scatter into the world and go out and do what God has called us to do. We are to do the word. We are to go out there and become an evangelizer, at least even just allowing the words that you speak, the life that you live to be a testimony to what God has done for you gives you an opportunity to give the reason for the hope that lies inside of you, thus giving you an opportunity to glorify God and talk about Jesus and bring somebody into fellowship with God by praying the prayer of salvation with them because they saw something in you that they really loved and want. That is huge. And now you're saving people. Now God is using you, your life, your devotion. He He's using your spirit. He's using your words. He's using your breath to be able to glorify him. And then you're able to come and bring them into a fellowship where they're going to continue to get filled. And then they're going to go and scatter into the world that God has put them in with their divine assignment, their kingdom assignment. And they're going to duplicate the process that you just did with them. How awesome is that? The lost cannot get saved unless someone preaches the gospel to them, unless someone lives the gospel in front of them. An unbeliever cannot believe a message that he has never been told or that she has never seen. It is our job. It is time to stop being lost as a church. It is time to stop playing church. It's time to stop just going to church. It's time to start being the church. Amen. So I hope today's podcast helped you out. Again, this was not to bash anybody. This is just to bring an exhortation and then also to rebuke a little bit. Like stop going to church just to go. Stop being just a number. Stop just sitting there and not engaging. If you're going to go to a local church, figure out how you can make it better, how your spirit, how your life, how your example is going to be able to inspire other people so they can go and do what they're doing. And then when you're out doing what you're doing in the marketplace, in your home, with your kids, with your wife, be the example, be the pastor of your home, be the minister of your atmosphere, be the minister of your workspace and go out there and give unbelievers an opportunity to see something different, to see something so awesome that they're going to ask you, gosh, can I sit down with you? Can you tell me why it is that you do what you do? Remember guys, there is no perfect Christians in this life. And if there are no perfect Christians, then there is no perfect church. So if you've been hurt by a church or by a Christian, do not lose hope. Do not give up. We cannot give up. Any church can be healthier than it is today. In our own lives, we can be healthier as well. We never see complete victory over our sinful nature. We always stay true to being children of God and therefore never give up on the struggle of overcoming the sin that is in this world. It is a lifelong, amazing, gracious race that we are in. And as leaders, as Christians, as pastors, as ministers, we need to desire and labor in love to see healthier local churches and to see healthier Christians be the church. So as I finish this podcast, I hope that this helps. I hope that you see things a little bit differently. I hope that you take the five things that we should be engaging in as a 
believer, as the church, and as the local church. We should be teaching, we should be preaching, we should be worshiping, we should be fellowshipping, and we should be evangelizing. If you are not doing those things, check yourself, check your life, adjust. If your church is not doing those things, then possibly talk to the leadership, figure out how you can help the grass get greener, and or if it's impossible, if it's proving to be impossible to do certain things, then consider figuring out what God wants you to do to make a shift for your life as well. I hope this helped again. If you have any questions, we always love to hear from you. You can always email us, info at thekingdommindedcoach.com. You can visit us on Facebook. We have our website up, thekingdommindedcoach.com. And last but not least, I'm really excited about this new project. We just launched an apparel brand called biblicalblacksmith.com biblicalblacksmith.com the weapons that we forge are not of this world that's our tagline and our goal is to help believers use the word of God to forge weapons that are not of this world to help combat and help live life victoriously let's bring heaven to earth so more people can look at your life and mine and ask us for the reason and the hope that lies inside of us until next time god bless seek god and may his divine purpose shower you with abundance and blessings amen thank you for tuning into the kingdom minded coach podcast with your host angel rivera We hope today's episode delivered clarity towards your kingdom-driven purpose, ignited a greater vision for your future, and inspired a deeper desire to embrace all that God has for you. If you have any questions or feedback for new topics or episodes, please connect with us by sending an email to info at thekingdommindedcoach.com. And don't forget to share the podcast with everyone you love and care about on all your favorite social media platforms. Remember, we're better together and sharing positivity brings us one step closer to true fulfillment. Until our next episode, pursue purpose, embrace change, and impact your world one person at a time. God bless.